You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Grand rising, grand rising, everybody. Good morning to you out there. Welcome to the Morning Update Show. I'm your co-host, Trey Holiday, and we want to welcome you right here on this terrific Tuesday. We've got a great show lined up for you, and I'm so excited because I'm back in the building with my co-host with the most big Oh my guy. What's up? Trayana, happy Tuesday to you. Yeah, happy Tuesday, my friend. How are you? It's good. It's good to be back in the Black Media Matter studio next to you. Oh, absolutely. And I got to say, you're looking mighty fine with all that amazing Converge gear on, my friend. Hello. Can I get, can I get a solo, <laughs> Mr. Director? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to Cuddy, to Curtis Delgado II over Filthy Clothing. Man, he just he's keeping me geared up over here. Actually, he did a bunch of samples of different things. We got a, a, a whole lot of gear coming in. So excited for that. I'm excited. Too. Also excited for a big show here today. We talking about money and we talking about money for businesses here in Seattle. And we're talking about deadlines. We got the big dogs from the Office of Economic Development in the house today. We got Marka McIntyre, who is the interim director over there and we also got ken takahashi man and this is an interesting title director of commercial affordability hey there we go <laughs> there we go yeah they're both in the building today and we're, we're we're talking about this program here this is the capital access program the deadline is the eighth and we want to make sure and get the word out to businesses out there eight million bucks you know what i'm saying low interest loans out there help to get seattle back on its feet mm, this yeah it's going to be exciting all right, let me dive right into it. Actually, I'm taking an early leave for you today. We're actually got a production going at Mohai today and two tonight. So let me get this show on the road. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Morning Update Show. I want to remind you that right now, yes, right now is the perfect opportunity for you to tag and share the stream. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with people you feel would appreciate culturally relevant news and information emanating from right here in the Emerald City. want to give a big shout out to our partners over at KBCS 91.3 over at Bellevue College and the South Seattle Emerald. Remind everybody that you, yes, you can listen to the Morning Update Show and all the Converge Media shows anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. We got SoundCloud going in over there on the link, but you can also check us out on Google, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. Um, here for us, well, man, here here for us. The the, the campaign continues here for us. Well.org, you know, culturally relevant, curated information. People in our community um, that are still vaccine hesitant or want vaccine resources, everything else. We got that link there in the comments. And we know the hesitancy. Actually, there, there, there is some some good news from the state side of things is that there's been a, a bump since this campaign started. This has been it's been a bump of people, I think, finding relevant information and maybe deciding that they want to get the vaccine. And speaking of that, we got well, we got an overlay, a clip. We got something here. Tonight is the big night. It's Community Voices, 6.30 p.m. Community Voices. There it is. Man, a very special panel here. It's moderated by Basa Gordon. We got an esteemed panel, and we're talking about vaccine hesitancy from a black perspective. You know what? I love this because we've been talking about it ever since COVID dropped. I mean, that was literally why we were like, we need to start the morning update show was to really, you know, uh, help with all the resource information that was coming out. It was a lot. So I love the fact that we have continued on this message. Oh, not just here for us, wild.org and being able to promote that, but the fact that we are producing something tonight with the amazing base of Gordon moderating this panel. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, base is going to bring the fire <laughs> as, as 
as usual. All right, these guys are in the building, but this is part of the show right here. We got to put this up. Man, this is the Capital Access Programs. There it is. Salmas put the link in the comments so you guys can be all ready for when these guys come on set and talk about it. Capital Access Program. Business out there, small business, these loans are out there. We're going to get more information about that. And moving along to Ford Culture, Ford Culture, stay ready with that bag. Yeah. Uh, Project Grants, you know, this deadline is getting close. Ford Culture was so gracious with this long open period for this grant right here. It closes April 20th. It's been open for a while. We want to encourage those creatives out there, you know, take advantage of Four Cultures grant program. Yeah, I mean, they're talking about arts preservation and uh, heritage projects. And so if you know of anybody or you yourself, again, you know, I want to make this clear. You do not have to be an established artist to, to take advantage of this grant. If you uh, are inspired by all the things happening around you, all of these changes, and you want to do something about it around arts or preservation or heritage, man, check out this grant. And then, of course, for you that are established artists, Artists, this is out there for you as well. Thank you for culture for being in the bag. Yeah, they keep the bag open. <laughs> <laughs> this is a quick shout out I wanted to give over here from our partners at the South Seattle Emerald. Man, Norlux Candles. Have you been over there? This is this is over in Belltown. This is Kalina Bruce. Uh, we got the link there in the comments. The, I was there on opening day, and uh, you can bring this down. You know the the name of the candle I bought. Which one? Big lit energy. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got big lit energy from over there. Check out the full article there in the South Seattle Emerald. The links there, man, and support black business. Absolutely. And shout out to you, Kalina, because it's a beautiful thing to know that we have not just a place to buy candles, but a candle bar. So that you know, there's a whole thing where you can go and try to do some different things, make your own candles. I'm excited. I'm R definitely gonna be checking it out. Right. And real quickly, just to let, let people know, kind of like how there's paint and sip, you know, you can do a paint and sip you go there and you actually make a candle the the colors of the wax the fragrance you see i see markham shaking his head over there she might have a new customer on the way you know what i'm saying but yeah real dope spot okay so i wanted to, to get to this this was a real special moment you happened to be there this is what last friday huh? yeah last friday on Union in the Central District, on East Union, you know, they'll tell you I'm from East Union mm -hmm. in the Central District at the Link Project. Melvin Freeman goes by the fly blind guy. And Mel Melvin Freeman started losing his sight uh, years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago. And he's now legally blind, but he opened his exhibit, Art of Focus, uh, Out of Focus, mm -hmm. the Art of Sampling. And we were there for this very special moment in the Central District. My name is Melvin Freeman. Y'all know me as the Fire Blind Guy. And welcome to Out of Focus 2, the Art of Sampling. sitting and waiting. I've added like five pieces, you know, and it's all the money shots, you know, uh, three-dimensional money pieces. So we're stacking layers. You got pictures sandwiched in between money, beautiful candy-coated frames. Uh, we got a, a joint here that's live. You know, we got the, the, the coffee tables here. Um, everything, man. Being an East Union kid growing up right here on, on this block to grow up here and run these streets right here and to become a professional artist 
and then have an exhibit right here on this vlog is this full circle for me. This exhibit is dedicated to my mother Doris and it's dedicated to my brother Adi, who's no longer here with us. You know, I lost Adi in July and that was hard for me, but um, here I am pushing through. He's with me here tonight in spirit. We from East Union, so. Um, you know, we, we rocking for I. This art exhibit, Out of Focus uh, 2, started with these turntables right here. Um, I built this set of turntables um, when I went to blind school. I went to an uh, adjustment for blindness training school in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 2016. And I had to build an art project out of wood in our wood shop, and they had to approve it. And they asked me what I wanted to do. I said I wanted to build a turntable. And my art teacher was dope, Martin Barlow. He was like, yeah, that'll be dope. And then the next day I said, you know what, I want to build a whole set. You know, two turntables and a mixer. Um, you know, because music's always been my thing. So he gave it a go. First of all, check this out. I was blindfolded in school every day from um, 8 in the morning to 4.30. So when I started building this, I had to walk to the record store blindfolded, go in there and measure the turntables with a click ruler blindfolded. Um, some days I was allowed to take them off. When I had to go buy the wood, I had to go buy it blindfolded. I cut the wood, blindfolded, everything blindfolded. I used band saw, table saw, compound miter saw. Um, I had to sand a lot of shit by hand. It was just like um, a thing, a beautiful learning experience. It took me six and a half months. So fast forward, these are the turntables I bring them home and I said, well, what am I gonna do with them? How am I gonna exhibit them? So I had to create a body of work to support the turntables. And that is the body that you see on the wall. Um, it started with the Airbnb Rock campaign full piece. Um, one night I couldn't sleep and I came up with this idea. I seen one gold dollar bill and I was like, damn, how can I layer the Eric B. and Rod Kim album cover with the gold money in the backdrop? So I had this idea. I went and got a picture printed, brought it home, and fucked it up the first time. You know, played with it a couple of times and got it done around the fourth time, kind of perfect. Um, two of the pieces went to Eric B. and Rod Kim. Um, so from there, I thought it looked really, really dope. So I just started, it just kind of mushroomed and just kind of blew out of proportion. And that's how you have all these pieces. I kind of like the art of sampling because the turntables in hip hop was used to sample. And hip hop was created, you know, off of old soul, off of funk disco and different things like that. So what I literally did was sample some of my favorite album covers from hip hop and layered them with money. The money represents the currency of our people, the currency of our culture, what we're worth. You know what I'm saying? We control all this shit. We dictate what's hot. From the fashion to the sound, to the aesthetic of life down there, you know what I'm saying? Like, we are the ones that create what's hot. I'm humbled and, and I'm appreciative of all of this because 
everybody has something to do. So I, I just want to thank you guys for your time. Feel free to shop around, eat some desserts, buy some shirts, buy some art. And, and when you leave, tell a friend to tell a friend. You ain't gonna see no shit like this again. Oh my gosh, it's such an amazing piece. And being there was so, uh, really, it was breathtaking, honestly. You know, growing up right there around the corner from Melvin, I always called him Big Bro. And I lived literally next door to Adi for so much of my childhood and didn't know that we shared family. So it really is just such a beautiful story, you know, about his mother, Adi. To be honest, the, all of the art pieces really spoke so much to me because it's just the culture. I mean, you're talking about about albums and different pieces, even that 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 scene from Belly. It's like these are things we grew up with. Oh, it was beautiful, man. I think Melvin Freeman. I mean, one amazing story. You know, I've gotten a lot of uh, people hitting me like in the DMs who are woodworkers, mm. and they're like, "Yo, th this takes skill, having sight, but to make two turntables and a mixer blindfolded, yeah, come on. right." And then all the art in there, and you, you see, this is what we talk about when we're, we talk about people translating the culture into art. Uh, amazing exhibit. It's it's going on until next month. And, you know, I really encourage people, don't only stop by, buy something, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Buy, because <laughs> those are real bills that are in the, uh, in the art. So, you know what I'm saying? You need to pay the fee and support art. And once again, by the way, the camera phone collector strikes again. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it looks so good. Too, yeah, you, I didn't you. have my mini mic with me, but like, yo, the camera phone, I tell you, man, some of our best stories come from just popping up and being like, oh, wow, there's a story here yeah. and taking out the phone. Yeah. People always think you got to have a big camera, this and that, but that, uh, the story is the story. Yeah, absolutely. Always capture it well. And I got to say, too, I mean, you got a, a, a quick glimpse right there of the treats, but they were all mimicking every single one of the pieces that were there. I mean, talk about coordination, man. We know how to put on events. <laughs> Melvin Freeman, not only is an amazing artist, but he got swag yeah, and style. Really? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, good stuff there. Like I said, that's at the Link Project on, on 20th, 20th and East Union. Yeah. <laughs> you better put that East in East there. In there right? Yeah, and, and man, rest in power, Adi. Um, man, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we have doo -doo -doo -doo, Mark. No. Yes, it's Mark. There he is. Marka McIntyre is the interim director over there at the Office of Economic Development here in the city of Seattle. You are watching the Morning Update show. As a non-binary black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body. Once the vaccine was introduced, it was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with black folks to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Besa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. 
They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Basa. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. All right, join. Welcome back to the morning update show. Now, I had to take the 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 beanie off. You know, my mama watching. I'm interviewing a director now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what you interviewing that director with that beanie skull cap on your head? <laughs> Welcome into the set right now, Markham McIntyre, interim director, Office of Economic Development, City of Seattle. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Welcome to the Black Media Matter Studios. I appreciate it. It looks great. I'm glad to be here. All right. Good stuff. Okay. So I'm glad that you came here today because OED, uh, to be honest with you, for the everyday person, a lot of people don't know that this is a department that actually exists. You know, of course, people know about parks. They know about neighborhoods. uh, They know about arts and culture. But OED, uh, before you tell us what OED does, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to becoming interim director over at OED. Sure. Uh, well, many years ago, I was a farmer over in East King County, um, and that was my first exposure to kind of what it takes to run a small business. And no matter kind of the values that you have for that business, you still have to run in the black, right? You still have to figure out a way to make a profit. And uh, from there, I worked on a, some local policy to help support local agriculture, quickly moved over to D.C. and worked for then Congressman Jay Inslee. Uh, I then worked on his gubernatorial campaign in 2012. And then in 2013, I started working at the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce, which is a regional business association that supports businesses large and small throughout the Seattle metropolitan region. And then uh, just a month ago, I started as the interim director for the Office of Economic Development at the city of Seattle. Right. And why do you think Mayor Harrell tapped you for the position? Um, I think it's because I have, well, first of all, Mayor Harrell cares deeply about the business community. He's been very open with that um, on the campaign trail. And then also uh, as as in his first three months as mayor, and that's a little bit of a different flavor coming out of the mayor's office where there's sometimes been some antagonism between the business community and the, and the city government. Um, so hearing Mayor Harrell really wanting to support the business community um, and kind of figure out what's that, that, what can he do, what can the city do to help them thrive um, really inspired me. I think his talk about kind of one Seattle and us all being in this together and wanting to create a Seattle that's welcoming where people feel like they belong um, is something that the business community also wants. So me coming from the chamber and having those business relationships, being able to leverage those and make sure that we're asking the businesses to help the city, but also figuring out what they need to do to succeed uh, is why he wanted me in this spot. All right. And I'm glad that you're here and your office is here, and especially when Mayor Harold talks about one Seattle. I'll be honest with you, a lot of us in the black community are skeptical because we're, you know what I'm saying? It's usually one Seattle minus us, you know, and so we're, we're closely watching Mayor Harold on, on some key things in our community and economic drivers is one of them. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what does OED do? Sure. And first of all, I think that that having that eye on the mayor's office, having that eye on the city is good. We need that accountability throughout the public and through the different communities. Um, So the Office of Economic Development, our main mission is to make sure that we're building an inclusive economy here in Seattle. Uh, That term gets thrown around a lot. um, And sometimes it feels like just another buzzword. So to me, what that means is an economy where everyone can fully participate. Um, so whether that's somebody starting a business, they're probably going to need to get a bank loan. I think we know that right now that's not true for everybody. That's not true for every community. I think we want to make sure that people can advance in their careers and build wealth. 
I think we know that that's not true for everybody right now. And so part of our role as the Office of Economic Development is figuring out how do we create those pathways either for business owners or for workers to advance themselves and hopefully build wealth. I think that at the end of the day, when we're thinking about economic development, it's about building community and generational wealth across Seattle, particularly for communities that have been historically excluded from that opportunity. All right. And what are some of the, the like programs or initiatives that that OED has done or planning to do? I know we'll talk about the capital program, but what's going on over there that the average person, a small business owner can relate to? Well, I think the capital access program, I know Ken's going to talk about this, but it is such a good example because when you talk to small businesses, especially coming out of the pandemic, where a lot of them um, were just hammered by costs and not necessarily having the customer base to support them, it's access to capital, right? It's being able to get money to grow your business, to support your employees, to kind of expand your markets and expand your customers. And so the capital access program is a great example of, of how we can help uh, make create better access for businesses to get that money that they need to then grow their business. I'd say another thing is throughout the uh, pandemic, a lot of businesses were trying to figure out how do I apply for federal? How do I apply for federal loans? How do I apply um, or kind of get my my business set up so that it can be successful throughout the pandemic? Try to pivot to maybe working online. We provided a lot of technical assistance um, from the Office of Economic Development or through a variety of community groups throughout neighborhoods to make sure that those businesses had that kind of technical expertise uh, to help them figure out what they were going to do next and make it through the pandemic, ideally, so they can recover and then start thriving again. Yeah, because you know a, a few things is a lot of times government programs and assistance and things they do, we call it the chicken dinner. And it's, the chicken dinner is big in like in the construction industries. What the chicken dinner is, is that the big developers, the construction companies, they'll call all the black contractors to a nice dinner. Sometimes, most times they serve chicken and they'll be like, oh, we want you black people to work on our buildings. We want to hire black contractors and this and that. And then, but them knowing that the barrier to entry is so high for a solopreneur and everything else. And then they go back and be like, we invited all the black folks. We had a great chicken dinner. We gave them all the application. We did our best. And we've seen here, um, if we were to take construction, uh, uh, that, that industry, is that it's only when it's a high level of intentionality or when someone is like, oh, okay, well, hey, you know what? We understand you don't keep your insurance the whole year because, you know, you're not getting bids. You know, how how can we get this for you? You know what I'm saying? You need bond. You need flaggers. You yep. need X, Y and Z. Without that level of intentionality, the, the best laid programs to get money into our community, you know, it falls short. But then people are like, well, we tried to help the black folks. I think you're absolutely right. And like what I've seen with a lot of programs is there's no handoff at the end. And I think that's what you're describing, where you can go to a training or you can get some uh, support through a program. And then at the end, there's there's no contract, there's no loan, there's nothing kind of on that, on that back end. When I was at the chamber, um, because we work with a lot of large businesses, we saw it as an opportunity to make sure we're bringing them to the table from the get-go. So exactly what you're describing construction, like what are those things that are necessary for a contractor to be successful with you? Let's put that on the table and then build a program to actually skill up those contractors and then have the uh, construction company have a contract at the other end. And then we were working with CDFIs to make sure there's loan capital at the other end so that they can actually grow their business then to meet the need with that contractor. So the chamber is still running this. Um, we're calling it Endeavor Northwest or they're calling it Endeavor Northwest. And it's actually starting with the construction industry because I think you're right. There's been a lot of chicken dinners there. 
Um, so I'm excited to see what that, what that does, because it's instead of kind of just starting with the business and trying to skill them, you know, skill them up. You're also starting with the folks who are going to have the contract at the other end and making sure that they're their table from the get go. Um, so those opportunities actually exist. Once that person is skilled up, they can get to work. Right. And, you know, just, just to be clear for, for two years going on three years, Converge, you know, we, we've uh, tried to get access to capital, tried to get loans, tried to get all these kind of things. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's rough out there, small business, all of our stuff's in order, you know what I'm saying? On the back end, everything is there. Won't nobody lend nothing. Uh, so this is a good opportunity for me to thank our supporters out there. Cause you guys are the ones that have kept us on air over here. You guys have, you know, kept it going. Um, before I let you go here this yeah. morning, what other information do you want people to know about OED? And also, you know, what, what can the larger Seattle community be doing to support business and business growth? Well, I'll start with the second question first. What we can do to support business and business growth is to support our local businesses. Um, you guys talked about the link project earlier. That's actually where we launched the capital access program. We did a press conference there with Mayor Harrell. So going to places and spaces like that and spending money and making sure that we're actually supporting those businesses is hugely important. Um, as people come downtown, as they go back to the neighborhoods, as spring starts springing, um, we've got to make sure that we're out and about and supporting the main street businesses. Uh, I'd recommend going to a place like intentionalist.com and figuring out what they've got going on. They often run a lot of incentive programs and work with uh, local businesses to make sure that they're getting some shine on their site. Um, but what I'd like people to know about Office of Economic Development and how they can participate is we're all in this together. Um, when the mayor says one Seattle, it really is about us trying to pitch in together to build better communities, um, to make a place where people belong. Our role is to try and help businesses belong in that one Seattle. If you have ideas, please reach out to us. Um, we're coming out of our pandemic work and trying to turn the corner from emergency relief for those businesses to helping them thrive. So if you've got needs um, as a business or if you've got ideas for how to make businesses more successful, please come uh, and share those with us. All right. Good stuff. Director in, in, in the building. Here right. we are. You're not going to be a stranger. See, now, like, here's the thing is you're the big dog over there in that office. So we're, 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 we're keeping our eye on this office now because you're talking about the, the thing is, is that in our community, it's been so many disappointments. Yep. Right. That people just stop. When you talk about holding people accountable, it's because after years of disappointments, people in our community are just like, man, they ain't going to do nothing. No way. So we're super energized over here because the, the economic gap in this city is something that's near and dear to us here at Converge and bridging that gap is near and dear. So I hope that we can continue this conversation at a later date. Absolutely. I'd love to be back. All right. Marka McIntyre, the director, interim director over there at the Office of Economic Development. And next up after the break. There he is, Ken Takahashi, director of commercial affordability. This is going to be interesting to talk about commercial affordability. Uh, and Trey Holiday is going to join the set. You're watching the Morning Update show. Wow. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Update Show. I'm your co-host, Trey Holiday. What a great interview. And we get to continue in the discussion right now. I have Ken Takahashi joining me. All right, Ken. I mean, you know, they set the bar out there. Director of Commercial Affordability. Just tell us a little bit about what you do there at the Office of Economic Development. Sure. And thank you for having me here. It's so great to be here. Um, so at OED, uh, what I do as Director of Commercial Affordability is to um, uh, help businesses get access, equitable access to resources, whether it's financing or technical assistance. 
so that they can have the tools they need um, to be to be able to have an affordable place to, to do their business and to stay in Seattle. So it's both financing and technical assistance that I help. You know, it's so important because when we talk about technical assistance, the first thing I think of really is, you know, all the work that communion had to do, right? Being given, you know, okay, the opportunity to occupy a shell. It took a lot to get it to where it is today. How do you guys uh, ensure that you're connecting in that equitable way to businesses that need that assistance? That's actually a great example and one that we helped out with. Um, it started with, uh, we had a um uh, business advocate that helped the business understand sort of the navigating through the permit system and um, help them get through that part of the process. I then, it was a nice handoff to me then for me to, to help them think about, okay, in this new location, it's going to cost a lot of money to set up their space. So how do we, how, how do we help them with the build out? So we help provide them with a tenant improvement grant to lower the cost of that funding um, along with other technical assistance to kind of understand the navigate through the process of hiring a contractor and getting the build out done. So it's the kind of thing that we helped out with the other businesses in the Liberty Bank building, whether it's Earl's Cuts and Styles and uh, Cafe of Old that, that's going into that space. We helped all of those businesses there. Well, that's a great uh, segue to my next question, because I'm really wondering, like, this was kind of a high profile, uh, you know, build out. This was a high profile project, right? Uh, development project. But for somebody who's like, oh, I don't have those connections. How do they reach out? How do they get connected to these advocates you speak of that are then, you know, really bringing those businesses into the opportunities at OED? Sure. And I think we need to do a much better job as always to to reach out. And um, I think being fortunate with the amount of one-time resources we're getting through the federal stimulus and through city funding, uh, it's going to give us the opportunity to have real real resources to help them with funding and with more technical assistance programs. And we're really demonstrating how um, the kind of one-time assistance we have really should be our, our kind of base level of support and to make sure that our staff at OED is out there and um, making sure everyone is aware of these opportunities and finding out great ways to um, work through our neighborhood partners and um, and just to kind of get the word out to make sure they, they understand these opportunities. Well, we know that there's a lot of events, particularly uh, when spring starts to spring, uh, summer coming around. How are you guys connecting with some of these community events to try to maybe table or to get information out there where there's large amounts of people already you know, coming together? Oftentimes, a lot of vendors, too, that may need this information. Sure. I think one big way we try to help is through our neighborhood business district program. It's called Only in Seattle. And what we do is we work with our neighborhood partners to help them with those events, to help them um, get those through, help them plan out not only the events, but also just holistically with their with their district. How do they how do they market their neighborhood? How do they brand it in the right way and give them support to think through that entire strategy? So it's not just a one time event, but it's, it's the entire kind of process of how to build up a neighborhood. Yeah, I think it's really true. And so much of that is community centric, right? And we talk about kind of a, a loss of community a little bit with gentrification, because you got a lot of people that are not from here that are like, okay, I just go to work, I go home. So maybe there's a disconnect there. But I, I, I got to talk here about the vacancies. We see a lot of vacancies in terms of commercial property um, in some of these buildings that many would consider unaffordable, right? So it's kind of only there for certain people that can afford it. But there's a lot of vacant space at the 
the bottom. We're talking about mixed use. However, a lot of these buildings are being built and the mixed use is not yet happening. What are some of your thoughts about that? Or has your office actually planned out how you guys can inject some much needed assistance to ensure that businesses are able to populate those spaces? Yeah, sure. We're um, trying to address that at different levels. One is working with our neighborhood partners who um, really want to advocate for themselves and to talk to developers and to tell them about the local businesses that can go into the space there. And so we're helping those partners understand sort of what the best opportunities are in terms of space, um, connecting them up with some consultants to help them think through that whole strategy of what are the great spaces to, to really um, prioritize. And um, so that's one level. Um, we're also um, helping them with um, the tenant improvement grant program that I talked about before. Again, pairing that with technical assistance. So we have the consultants to help businesses talk to the landlord, to help them kind of think through how, how do they best negotiate for themselves um, kind of the best rent and the best sort of tenant improvement allowance that the landlord would provide. Um, and then we would come in with the funding for the tenant improvements. And also a new thing we're going to have is the small business ownership fund mm -hmm. is to help small business actually buy a ground floor space to have a real permanent affordability solution for uh, to stay in the neighborhood. Yeah, you know, staying in the neighborhood is one of those things that I think has gotten tougher and tougher, pr pr um, particularly as we digitize our world more and more and more. And so this idea, we've seen it kind of with this, this huge tech boom, a lot of folks shopping online, and, and less and less people are going into brick and mortar spaces. Um, so it's great to hear that you guys have all these programs to really try to break down some of those barriers that exist for small businesses. And that lends me right here to the capital access program uh, from your perspective how are you particularly engaged with this program and this level of funding yeah you know i think it starts with um back when the pandemic started we were scrambling to figure out how do we help out these businesses not knowing where the endpoint was um and so we put a lot of short-term grant money out there and then you know quickly realize this recovery period is gonna be a long one. So we need to figure out how to how to um, pivot from that and to something more longer term. And that's when we started to design this program, the idea that we can provide more financing amounts, larger amounts um, that'll cover a longer period of time, giving them a longer runway to recover. And um, in a way that we can uh, quickly get the dollars out for us not to try to become lenders overnight, but let's work with those community lenders that have a track record of serving underserved businesses and um, figure out how we can put in city funding to make that fund, make that financing even more affordable. So that's mm -hmm. what the idea behind the capital access program is about. Well, I think it's so necessary. Obviously we've been talking about how hard hit our businesses were uh, during this COVID COVID pandemic. But I also think too, that so much of it is accessibility. I mean, we're talking about a lot of businesses who sometimes just don't know about these opportunities and then they miss the deadline and it's done. We're also talking about one-time funding sources with something like ARPA funding coming from the federal government. Um, what are some of the things that you guys are thinking about in terms of recurring funding? Because you were just talking about that earlier, that you guys are doing more funding to allow for a longer runway. What are you guys thinking about in, in years to come? Because this is going to be something 
something that I think a lot of businesses will be able to utilize to kind of, you know, scale their business up as well. Maybe getting it out of a home service and doing something that is more in the commercial space and, and brick and mortar. What are some of the things you guys are thinking about in that regard? Sure. In terms of like beyond this, this capital access program, one-time funding, I think establishing and strengthening our relationships with these community lenders who have ongoing um, funding and figuring out how, to, how, do we, how do we continue that? How do we strengthen that relationship? And for us to come in there with, with technical assistance to help more businesses qualify for that, that funding. Um, I think it's talking with our congressional delegation to try to find out how do we get an ongoing source of federal money? Because in this state, um, there are some restrictive rules against us using uh, city general funding for direct business um, lending. So uh, we need to really be creative in accessing federal money and working with our partners, the community lenders who have that funding. Yeah, I think so much of it is that, you know, there, there's a call out there because there's a need, right? We think about supply and demand, but there's a need right here in terms of, you know, business funding and the injection of this funding. Now, you know, Omari and I have been talking about, you know, where this money came from. We understand that there was uh, $5 million that was actually taken out and the mayor made sure that $5 million came into this program. Tell us about that because there was some issues in the community because that money was supposed to go to another source. They didn't realize that the mayor had the authority to kind of pull some of that money. Tell us about that $5 million that we know came from another budget. Yeah, I can't speak to sort of the behind the scenes, um, what happened before. All, all I can tell you is I worked um, directly with that task force, the ECI task force, and they were very much focused on how do we help these underserved businesses, people, the type of businesses that don't have access to those to that funding. Um, how do we how do we work with the right lenders? How do we make sure that we're um, setting up the the outreach the right way and to make a real commitment? And that's where the five million. Um, it was so great to have that one time money um, committed for this purpose. And we combine that with federal money as well to have that eight million dollars of, of funding. But we understand that it's one time and we have to figure out how to to make that a, a you know an ongoing source for them. Well, the eighth is coming up pretty quickly. Tell us a bit about this application process, because again, I think that uh, you know we see it's kind of first time, first first come, first serve kind of model. What are you guys doing to ensure that there really is an equitable equitable approach, so that businesses that often miss out on funding sources like this are really getting the opportunity to sink their teeth into this money and have longevity for their businesses? Tell us a bit about that process. Sure. First. The application period is 30 days, ending on the 8th. And during that period, everyone has an equal shot at getting the funding. It's not first come, first serve. We're keeping the window open for the full 30 days. And after that, we're going to do the selection process for the city funding. And um, during the application period, we're providing them support. So um, first of all, the application itself is set up to be um, kind of uh, low doc um, sort of approach. So we're not asking them to upload all their tax returns and everything at the same time. It's really just to get basic information so to see if they qualify and to get the conversation started. So that's hopefully encouraging businesses if they're eligible to come out and apply. It only takes a few minutes to, to complete the application. And then um, um, once we have that done, then we can, we can see if the businesses still need some support, whether it's 
um, knowing that there's, they're going to have to provide the documentation later. So can we connect them with some resources to help gather that information and as well as connect them to other technical assistance that's even not specifically connected to um, the financing. So we're trying different ways to um, kind of make the application um, more accessible to businesses. And we're really trying hard in our outreach to make sure that uh, businesses really hear about this. So we're we set up different webinars in uh, with language support um, to make sure businesses can learn about these opportunities. We're um, working with ethnic media to um, kind of get the word out there. We're working closely with our neighborhood partners um, who are the trusted advocates for these businesses to get the word out. So we're trying many different ways to make sure businesses hear about it and, and to encourage them to apply. And what does the um, selection process look like for these businesses? Is this another kind of you know, group, is it, is it all internal with the city? Is it going to involve any kind of community partners? What does that process look like once you guys have all these applications in? Yeah, we have, uh, we're going to be using a random selection process. And it's, you know, admittedly, it's not the not the best solution, but it's the one that, that we feel like we have to use given the there are certain uh, uh, legal restrictions on, on set-asides for um, the businesses that we know are underserved. So that's why, as I talked about before, doing what we can at the front end to make sure that that all businesses hear about this and they have a fair shot at applying. Um, but once the 30 days are up, then we will um, do a random selection process to um, to get those businesses. Wow. I mean, we're having AI working hard, but the random selection process, I, uh, I mean, we've heard about this and sometimes it's, you know, it could go either way, but it's almost like a lottery, right? I mean, it's like you're putting your, your name in the hat and you're hoping that your name gets drawn. So randomly selecting these businesses, is it going to be, uh, have you guys already thought about, you know, kind of any fallback from human era on any of that? Or is it something that is totally um, automated? Well, I mean, it, it is it is going to be sort of automated in a sense, but I think what I would say is we do have a pretty good track record of um, in using that because of our outreach process. For example, in our grant programs, the majority of those um, grant recipients uh, were um, BIPOC-owned businesses, and I think that shows that we really kind of do the right things in, in terms of doing the outreach and we're able to get the right result, even though we have to work with these legal restrictions in, in the process. So um, that's why I'm confident. I think what we've done so far is setting the table to have a good process, a good result, um, even though I you know, admit the random selection is not the ideal solution. Well, we're talking about $8 million here. Um, if I'm a small business and I apply for this money, what does it look like? Is it based on need? What are the um, award amounts that are gonna be coming out once you are selected? Sure, it's based on need. So it's first, we're working with this existing loan product that uh, businesses will be evaluated by these community lenders um, and they'll determine what the need of the financing is and the loan can go up to 150,000. Um, and then the loan has um, an interest only um, payments for the first year, 4% interest. And then what the city money will do is to come in at year two and reduce the amount of the loan by 25%. Mm, that's really, a, I think, a, a good program. But how have you guys thought about some of the barriers that we see, uh, particularly in the Muslim community, where they're not able to access this type of funding based on that model of interest? Have you guys thought about that? We're working on that. And we're working with the same community lenders who are um, trying to tailor a product um, that 
uh, deals with the interest issue. And so um, we are always looking for new resources and we uh, we expect to be working on that issue and addressing that specifically in the next funding. Well, I, I got to say, this is really like heartfelt work, Ken. And and for you, um, tell us a bit about you and how this is impacting you, because we're talking about really shaping the city with regard to businesses. Um, and you're talking about commercial affordability. I mean, this is really one of those pathways that could create generational wealth, really is such a backbone of America's culture. Um, how does it impact you when you think about the work that you're doing to now infuse businesses with much needed funding, but also, you know, eliminating or maybe lowering some of the barriers that a lot of, you know, disenfranchised businesses have faced um, because of other systemic oppressions. How does it feel for you uh, knowing that you're able to do this kind of work? You know, I think the kind of work that I do is at the end point is really rewarding when I see a business that, um, often has difficulty accessing, accessing the resources. When I see them open up their restaurant, when I see them open up their business, it's really re- rewarding because it's tangible. It's not just some theoretical numbers on the page where something came out the right result. You really see them day one um, opening up something and, and really um, with with these small business owners, this is their life. This is kind of, this is not just some cold sort of Day, uh, job where they clock in, clock out. So um, at work, it's really rewarding to be able to help them. And that, that drives me to come up with these solutions and to make sure that we can do everything we can to to give them the best shot at, at having that first day of opening up. And then not only that first day, but how do we sustain that? How do we give them the tools that can um, help them stay there permanently and not get forced out? Yeah, getting forced out is a huge issue. And that's why I I think any kind of metric like this, any initiative or program like this needs to be thinking about it long term. Love that this one time funding can kind of be utilized to kind of jumpstart this. But so much of it is about, you know, how to ensure that they are well informed business owners so that they know about certain programs at the city to help sustain their business. So I'm glad that you guys are doing that as well on the back end. I mean, this is exciting. April 8th is coming up quickly. You can look right there and make sure that people people know how they apply for the capital access program. So we have the capital access program site at uh, OED. It describes um, uh, the program, the key kind of issues that that can that they can address with the financing. It has links to the application site and it has um, contact information where they can get support and to apply. So really encourage everyone to um, who's eligible to apply to apply. Um, there's plenty of time, even though there's only a few days left, there's plenty of time to apply. So please, please do so and and reach out to us if you need any assistance. Well, Ken, thank you so much for being on the Morning Update show today and for bringing this information. It's much needed in in our community. I know that much in particular. We've seen a lot of businesses uh, be shut down due to COVID. And I'm wondering if this is just what they need to get back on their feet to maybe, you know, think about some of these commercial spaces, how they can occupy them. So just so grateful to learn from you today and for bringing this information to our audience. Thanks so much. It's great being here. Absolutely. Well, you guys heard it right there from Ken himself. There is this program available. If you guys know of any small businesses that can utilize this capital access program funding, please make sure that they are going to the website at the city of Seattle and that they are looking for this resource. You guys, after this short break, I'm going to just end with a couple of announcements that we have coming up for you. Stay tuned. You're watching the Morning Update Show.
When the pandemic hit, it did affect me. As a barber, I had my own personal reasons why I didn't get vaccinated. At the time, I didn't check the actual source. I thought the vaccine was developed too fast, but I was talking to a doctor and he was telling me more about the vaccine and what it could do to protect us and our family. I wanted to get back to that once was, right? I do feel safe knowing that I am vaccinated. I just hope what I'm saying is reaching into people's heads to know that this is the best decision for all of us. Hey guys, Basil Gordon here, and before heading to Belize, Trey Holiday and I had to make sure we linked up with our good friends over at Market Street Shoes to, of course, grab a few things for the trip. From bags to socks, shoes, sunglasses, earrings, and more, before going on any trip, make sure you stop at Market Street Shoes. Trust me, you'll find just what you need to make your trip not only enjoyable, but fashionable. Welcome back, everybody, to the Morning Update Show. Thank you guys so much for watching today. What amazing interviews there with Markham and Ken. And honestly, it's such a needed program in the city of Seattle. And I really hope that other cities, I always say this, I hope that other cities are really paying attention to what the city of Seattle is doing to ensure that small businesses are getting the much-needed funding they deserve. We talk about federal programming never really hitting communities. And it looks like Office of Economic Development is being very intentional about their efforts to ensure that this funding is hitting those communities and those business owners. So just a huge shout out to our guests today for Markham and Ken for joining us. Um, you know, great information all around. And we love to hear from you guys too. If you guys have questions that we can forward over to them or if you guys know of people that are looking for this kind of funding, make sure that they know about this opportunity and this resource. It is needed. Well, you guys saw it right there. But of course, we're excited for our community voices tonight at 6.30 p.m. right here on Converge Media Network. Um, you know, it's going to be an amazing discussion and BASE is going to be bringing it home with her moderator skills. Clearly, we have a, a great esteemed panel there that has been curated to really talk about some of these issues that we've been seeing in Black community around COVID-19 um, hesitancy. So I'm so excited that we are doing this. We've been talking about it for a long time. And I'm really excited because at 8.30 p.m. tonight, my brother, Proof in the Play, Truth with Proof, you guys. He's going to be here at 8.30 tonight. Uh, it is his pilot episode. So we want to make sure that we show up and show out for Proof. This has been a long time in the making. And I'm telling you, he has so much energy, so much uh, excitement for this and for you guys to be tuning in to watch his show tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. Thank you guys so much for watching. As O said earlier, got a lot of stuff that we're doing today. So we're going to end a little bit early. But we always want to thank you guys, all of the supporters out there for watching, for donating, for tagging the stream, for sharing the stream. Thank you guys so much for uh, really, you know, participating in what we're doing here at Converge Media and in the Black Media Matters studios. Now, for me, it's always a message to see yourself as a part of the solution. I think Markham and Ken have really given you guys another example of how to do that, even on your jobs and the jobs that you go after. Make sure that they're moving things forward in terms of progress. We need these types of funding sources in our communities. We need to be establishing a good relationship for small businesses within their communities. And I think funding is one way to do that. So I hope you guys were inspired by their stories and their interviews here today about what they're doing at the Office of Economic Development 
development. So trust me, you don't only have to do it in community. You can do it in your job as well. But just as long as you are seeing yourself as a part of the solution, we'll all be better for it. As O would say, go forward in your purpose. Go forward in your humanity. Until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Peace. What do I fear after all these years? Lord knows I don't even know. I've been running on the edge of the sundown, sleeping in the shadow. I've been begging you to see me, then hiding beyond the unreachable. Looking now left on a right hand turn, just trying to make a deal. A lazy shoes and
Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.